It's hit. It's lit. It's lit. Hello. Boogie, woogie, woogie. What? What? Boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. Mm-hmm. Hello, and welcome to our new uh, podcast setup. Isn't it pretty? Isn't Junie pretty? Isn't Ethan just absolutely gorgeous? <laughs> they do say that about me. It's true. That's, yeah, you are dubbed the cutest co-host, so. Yeah, I didn't write that for sure. I didn't. Um, well, welcome back. Happy, you didn't write it? No, I said I did. Oh, I was like, you didn't write it? Who wrote it? <gasps> Gasp. Um, happy Monday. Episode. When you get... There's... Trying to shop this joke. When you get scared by Casper, that makes you a gasper or something like that. We'll workshop that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like where it's going, but I, I just... Yeah, we, you, we can work on it. We're, we're on draft number one there, yeah. for sure. I don't know if the mic is picking this up, but there's, a, there's somebody outside in their car with some, some real mean bass. Bumping. It's vibrating. My brain. So we're, we're hoping they drive away soon. But if not, anyway. Um, hello. This is my beer. Oh, there's a label on both. Well, those labels are different. I never realized the label was different on two both sides. Or not even. It's not like even, a quarter yeah, it's turn. Like, it's like a yeah. Anyway, my beer. I don't think that's focused, but my beer. I've never worked with, with. I've never not worked with them. Never not worked with them. More details to come. Um, this is my beer, which is actually coffee. It's actually cold brew, and it is 9 p.m. This is also a cold brew. On a Thursday. <laughs> nice, dude. That was fucking tight. Damn. I should start doing cold brew every time so we can have cold brews together. That's true. Crap, crack, cracking open a cold one with the boys. With the boys. I don't know if you've ever seen the vampire one. You might have actually told me this, but... Cracking open a boy with the cold ones. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if I showed you that, but I have seen that one. It was really <laughs> funny. It's a good one. Well, um. Come. Back. Welcome. Well, come. Well, well, are you ready? Come. Hmm. Well. And sit with us as we tell you some really wonderful things. Yes. This is Junie, as we've said previously, and I am Ethan. I We're... am Juno. I'm I rebranding. I can't. Are you rebranding Juno? Should yeah. I stop calling you Junie? I'm not going to do that. I just can't stop calling it. Anyway, no, I can't. I'm gonna change your whole title card to say Junie. That's like whenever I'm playing games, everybody calls me Junie, even though like my name is Juno. Yeah. I think it's because like whenever I like pop into the chat, everyone always says like "Hi, Junie," and yeah. it's just it's stuck. So. Yeah, it's also stuck since you know, for a while now. In outside of that, but yeah, yeah. everybody new in the life also calls you Junie. In the life. In the life of. of, of your life. Your life is the life. It's true. It's it your world. Life. We're just simping in it. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hear all the kids saying it. I know. I hate it. I hate that word so much. I'm 30 now. I get to just say things without actually knowing what they're called and just be like, yeah, the kids say it. Anyway. Um, Welcome to the club. Thank you. I am Happy to kids, be here. And I don't know what that means. Also, I don't know if there anyone else is 30 out there listening to us, but <laughs> they, they could be. They could not be. Um, all you 30-year-olds, does your back hurt? This sounds like the beginning of an ad. I was just going to say. But it's not the beginning of an ad. My back just started hurting. I turned 30 and like literally hurt my back like a day later, and then it just, it just won't stop. Hurt. It, and then it like 
my upper back started hurting and it was like my shoulders and then my lower back and like i'm just i'm, I'm dying cannot be defined birth it's the day of it's in the contract it's instant damn you can be an athlete a perfect body well, explain Tom Brady. He's just he his back just hurts all the time. Wow, he's really good with a hurt back. Imagine if he didn't have his back hurt. Ooh, he'd be so much better. Forty-nine year old Tom Brady. I mean, he was also playing, but he was also really good. He just he's just that I guess. Well, fuck Tom Brady, whatever. I was just gonna say <laughs> some like bullshit about like I'd let him throw my back out. You know? No. Yeah. You know? No hard pass. Anyway. Where are we? We are Misfits and Tidbits. This is our podcast. It's the three of us. We've already introduced ourselves, and we have our wonderful, beautiful uh, videographer, Sergio, sitting behind the camera for you. Um, We weekly, Mondays, are our episode drops, but y'all can listen to us whenever. Sit here and talk to each other and you about some random topics uh, various topics, things that we're curious about, things that we want to know more about, and hopefully you do too. That's why you clicked on this episode specifically. And um, we love doing it. And welcome. And we're so happy that you're here. We're very happy you're here. And if you are here, um, please be a doll. We don't ask much of you other than to go to Apple Podcasts. Um, you don't even have to listen to us there. Just go there. And please leave us a very kind review. Give us five stars to help us get a little more exposure and keep doing this thing. We're having a lot of fun doing it. Um, and also anywhere that, I don't know where else those ratings. I don't think Spotify does ratings. Google does. Google. Maybe. Wherever you're listening to us, if there's a rating uh, functionality available, please use it. Please uh, be nice to us. Our feelings get hurt very easily. So, And if you are listening on Spotify, please make sure to subscribe because that is part of our system. Yeah, subscribe and follow like wherever wherever you're listening. If you're on YouTube, smash that motherfucking like button. Um, and yeah, uh, we really are investing in this greatly, as you can tell. We've gotten a studio that we're super happy that we're able to kind of curate and build for ourselves and for you and to make this a little bit more systematic congratulations by the way thank you thank you this is our first episode here yes and it's you know or what's what's the word for like a it's like what's the word for like the first time you do virginity inaugural 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 like inauguration Eggnog-uration. Eggnog- eggnog. Eggnog urination. <laughs> Eggnog's disgusting. You're disgusting. Your urination's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, let's uh, dive into what's what's the topic this week? Is Can it I aliens? Take some guesses. Aliens. Not just aliens. What if it's aliens? What about them? What about them? What about them? What? Their butts. Alien butts. I got um if it is aliens. Okay, let's just say theoretically or uh what's the word I'm looking for? Metaphorically speaking. Hypothetically? Hypothetically, that's what it was. Hypothetically speaking, it's aliens. Is it a, is it an event or a a like a creature? It's a 
Condition? A condition? Alien herpes. It's got to be alien herpes. <laughs> okay, and if it's not aliens? Uh, <laughs> um, it's not aliens. I don't know. I, I, can you give me like a, a category? It's a condition. <laughs> oh, the, the whole category is condition. I guess true crime. Oh, so true crime. Ooh, it's, it has to do with, uh, what's that syndrome? What's that syndrome? The one where... When you fall in love with your captor? Yeah, that... When you fall in love with your captor? Yeah, that one. <laughs> that's, that's like fixed my mind, too. I forgot. I don't know. One of those. Anyway, tell me, what, 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 are we, what are we covering this week? That's my guess. Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. That's the one. Nailed it. We're so good at this. Are we really covering Stockholm Syndrome? Hell yeah. <laughs> wow. Aliens. I spoon fed that to you. Don't act like you just guessed that all fucking. <laughs> you gave me condition, true crime. Yeah. I don't think there's any other ones. <laughs> there's a lot of conditions. Uh, Munchausen? Is that a thing? Munchausen by proxy? Those are two separate things, but yeah. 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 Those are other conditions. It's my bedtime. My fucking bedtime alarm just went off. And we just started. We have two hours ahead of us. Okay. Okay. Should we take a nap? Should we just nap? I think we should just take a nap break. Should we make that a separate video so that people could just watch us nap? We should. We I'm should sure there's a time lapse nap. Ooh. Time naps. Time naps. Fucking TM, 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 TM. We just created a new category. Okay. So. Also, while Jenny's burping. I'm trying to mitigate my belches. If you didn't notice, it is, uh, for us, it's Big Hoodie Thursday. Big Hoodie Thursday. We're wearing Big, big Hoodies. Also, I'm just going to, like, shamelessly plug my, my other stuff. If you want a really dope hoodie, you can support me by going to whatrhymeswithgod.com. It's a little business that my sister and I started. Uh, it's honestly just kind of like for random art and apparel and stuff. She makes collages, and I design apparel. and. We put them up in a shop, and it's all available for sale. And uh, this is the comfiest hoodie I've ever owned. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, we have several other designs up on the website that you can that you can cop. And uh, that's it. That's all I have for you. That's my shameless uh, self plug. This ad sponsor. There's this podcast sponsored by What Rhymes with God. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Sirens. It's now siren ASMR. <laughs> Someone was talking to. <laughs> Someone was talking to Gigi on her stream, and I don't remember who it was, but, uh, or maybe it was on you. Oh wait, it was. I think it was on your stream, and she was just like, and she was like, yeah, I'm actually a mermaid, and I think it was you, and you're like, our mermaid's supposed to be pretty. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I missed that. That's hilarious. It was really funny. It was fucked up, but it was so That's funny. rude. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's oh, get... it was you, because then I started talking about, sorry, something else. Okay, anyway, so, Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, this week, my sources were Britannica, Ralphline, Medical News Today, BBC News, and History.com. I did not use Wikipedia at all. Wow, That's, that is a first. Yeah, I got all my notes, but, and then but at the very end, I was just like, should I go in and add filler or whatever by going to Wikipedia? But 
I didn't need to. We got enough. Everything. We got enough. So, what is Stockholm Syndrome? If you could define it in your own words, what would it be? It's the thing that Sergio said, right? When um, someone develops, a, like, is it like a sympathetic relationship with their captor or like something like that? Nice, yeah. So Stockholm Syndrome is a psychological response. It occurs when hostages or abuse victims bond with their captors or abusers. The psychological connection develops over the course of days, weeks, months, or even years of captivity or abuse. So we might think of it in extreme cases like someone being held hostage or someone being kidnapped and raped or something like that. But it can also appear in various ways, such as people in your own life who emotionally abuse you for years and um, or manipulate you in ways that that keep you held hostage. Um, But you develop that that sympathetic relationship. Um, A person can develop Stockholm syndrome when they're experiencing significant threats to their physical or psychological well-being. So basically, you know, the examples that I just gave, plus many more in any capacity in which a person feels like they have a threat to their physical or psychological health. Yeah. It basically becomes like 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 an automatic defense mechanism. Yes. Yeah. So like... They, their body or like their mind learns that like these behaviors protect them. Exactly. So they just keep doing it and it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so if the person has experienced physical abuse from their captor, they may feel gratitude when the abuser treats them humanely or does not physically harm them. So whatever behaviors they can do to get that, they do it. And then they're like, oh, but like, or, or even if you... Or in a situation that you think that you should be abused because they tell you that you should be abused in that situation yeah. and they don't abuse you, you're like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. Like, I can't, like, you're seeing me as a human or whatever it is. Like, I'm so grateful to you. No, like, thank you for not hitting me when I deserve it. When you think I deserve it. Well, yeah, but at that point, you yes, exactly. expect to be yes, abused. You're like, yes. I deserve to be abused right now. Thank yeah. you for not doing that to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So fucked up. Yeah. Um, a person might also attempt to appease an abuser in order to secure their safety, which is exactly what you were saying. So they're, they're, um, like, for instance, like when someone is like being molested, they try and like be kind to whomever is molesting them so that they could potentially not get murdered or they could potentially like cut it short or whatever. Um, and not trying to, like, aggro the, yeah. their offender more. Yeah, it's like a survival instinct. Exactly. They, they adapt to that yeah. so, setting. Yeah, so this strategy can possibly, uh, positively, excuse me, reinforce the idea that they might be better off working with an abuser or captor. And it could be another factor behind the development of Stockholm Syndrome. Like, every girl wants to be Exactly, exactly, yeah. Like, when... Someone just, just like, not... It's, it's like, it's, it's me anytime I'm walking, like, honestly, even during the day, cause we don't live in like that great of a neighborhood, but mostly like at night when someone, you know, talks to me about how cute Finn is or like says something about me specifically, I just laugh. Like that one time that, I don't know, someone said like some, I like walked, actually there've been several times where I've walked Finn at night and then walked back up while we've been filming or whatever and been like, yep, never going back outside. Cause someone said this super fucked up thing to me. And every single time that happens. I just laugh and I try and laugh loudly because I need them to hear me through my mask so that nothing bad happens, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty fucked up. 
uh, with the syndrome, hostages or abuse victims may come to sympathize with their captives. This is the opposite of the fear, terror, and disdain that might be expected from the victims in these situations, which doesn't mean that they're not scared, um, but they're reacting in a way that is not intu- that we wouldn't perceive as intuitive for somebody who's in a threatening situation. Got it. Over the course of time, some victims do come to develop positive feelings toward their captors, um, and they may even begin to feel as if they share a common goal or a common cause. That's where it gets, like, super fucked up for me. Like, I, it's, like, it's one thing to, like, actively or even inactively, like, avoid abuse and all that stuff by, like, you know, changing your behaviors to not make them unhappy and all that stuff, but then once they, like... Like, any situation where someone is, like, able to get out of, like, it was saying, like, in the most extreme where they're kidnapped or being held hostage and they're, like, able to go free and they don't want to or, like, they... So that's what Stockholm Syndrome is. Stockholm yeah. Syndrome is not the, like, survival mechanism. It yeah. is the... It's, it's the syndrome developed yeah. after, like, you have those bonds built. It's so weird. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, like, it does feel like they have a common goal. They're, like, if they get away that goes against our goal of me being there like under this like it's so fucking weird mm-hmm. which is like and this is something that i'll say in um like further on down in our research but like not everybody who's in these situations develops stockholm syndrome and it made me think of what is that movie with brie larson and room room yeah uh, That's my boy. It makes me, yeah, it makes me think of that in the fact that, like, she didn't, you know, she was there for years and years and years, and she yeah. didn't have that development. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is a very good movie, by the way. If no one, if you're listening and you have not checked out Room, that movie is so good. It's very long and very heavy, though, so definitely, like, prepare for it, but yeah, watch don't, it. Don't watch it when you're, like, having a great day and you want to, like have a good time watching a movie you're not gonna have a good time i was just scrolling through netflix like at the beginning of quarantine and found it and i was like i guess i can finally watch this like you know not thinking anything of it and then like you know two hours later super invested in it i was just like (gasps) yeah i cried several times watching that movie for the first time it's heavy but it's good really good yeah um, so yeah, so uh, they share common goals and causes, and the victim may begin to develop negative feelings toward the police or authorities. So like you were saying, anybody who's trying to be separated from those situations might start having to same for the people trying to separate them, and they, are, they may resent anyone who may be trying to help them escape from the dangerous situation that they're in. So whether or not it's the authorities, those people become a threat to that situation or yeah. those goals or causes or whatever. The vast majority of captives and survivors of abuse do not develop Stockholm Syndrome. So very rarely does this happen. Got it. Mental health experts do not recognize Stockholm Syndrome as an official mental health disorder. And as a result, it's not listed in the fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. What is it considered? Uh, it's just, uh, I wonder if Munchausen is considered a it probably is. Munchausen definitely seems like it's, it's um, what's it called? Diagnosable, I guess. Um, whereas Stockholm Syndrome is more theoretical. It's not, like, proven to be a real thing. So. Got it. It's just, like, people can say that you have it, even if there's 
I mean, they're yeah, it's just not accepted to be. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I guess it can be in the same way that like, well, I guess when people like plead insanity, but they're using it as a way to like, like it could be the same situation where someone could like it's hard to diagnose that. Yeah, and I guess it's really nuanced. Yeah, and like different, it looks different for everyone, and it just exactly be, yeah, uh, like defined specifically. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, many researchers, psychologists, and criminologists do not fully understand Stockholm syndrome, and some continue to debate whether it exists at all. However, experts believe that Stockholm syndrome can develop when the captor treats their victims humanely. The captives and captors have significant face-to-face -face interaction, which provides opportunities to bond with one another. The captives feel that law enforcement personnel are not doing their jobs well enough, or a captive thinks that the police and other authorities do not have their best interests at heart. That checks out. Stockholm syndrome can manifest in several ways, including when the victims perceive kindness or compassion from their captor or abuser, develop positive feelings toward the individual or group of individuals holding them captive or abusing them, adopt the same goals, worldviews, and ideologies as the captors or abusers, feel pity toward the captors or abusers, refuse to leave their captors even when given the opportunity to escape, have negative perceptions toward police, family, friends, and anyone else who may try and help them escape their situation, and refuse to assist police and government authorities in prosecuting perpetrators of abuse or kidnapping. So that's how it can manifest, and that's those are ways that it can show itself. It's a lot of ways. Yeah. I think yeah. they all kind of touch on similar themes and like similar yeah. ways of protecting both what, protecting yourself and your abuser. That's kind of like what you were saying, though, how it's just so like different for most. Like, it, there's not like one. Like, it affects everybody differently if mm -hmm. they are affected by this or if they do develop this syndrome. It's it's always, it could be so many different things, which makes it very hard to, like, pin down and define, like, and, I guess, diagnose, which is why it would yeah. be in the the list. The statistical manual of yeah. mental disorders or whatever it was. Um, let me know when you reach a stopping point. All right. I have one more little block, and then I'll, we can take a wee break. Perfect. Cool. So these feelings typically happen because of the emotional and highly charged situation that occurs during a hostage situation or abuse cycle. So for example, people who are kidnapped or taken hostage often feel threatened by their captor, but they're also highly reliant on them for survival. If they don't obey them or they don't follow what they're, you know, telling them they to do. They don't like get food or water or whatever. Or, or they're dead, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if the kidnapper or abuser shows them some kindness, they might begin to feel positive feelings toward their captor for this compassion and over time that perception begins to reshape and skew how they view the person keeping them hostage or abusing them because they start like i was saying at the beginning they start to feel like the person who's holding them hostage has the capacity for compassion and is showing them that and like choosing to show them that so, yeah yeah so um that is like the what of what of Stockholm Syndrome, um, and then our next section is going to be History and Origin. Sweet. Okay. Cool. Let's take a wee break. And we'll cover that when we come back in 10 seconds or so. Goodbye. And we're back with a crack. Back with a crack. Back with a crack. Everybody ready for this? Just got like 17 times more tired. Just like in the last six seconds first crack of the in the new studio 
Ready? That's not the first crack in the new studio. It's the first crack in this episode of the new studio. Thank you. Really? I don't know, dude. I have no idea. You're going to ruin my crack like that? It's the first crack in the new... Obviously, it wasn't the first crack. I was drinking a beer two seconds ago. Ready? Maybe you opened it up. Oh, shut (laughs) up. Oh, yeah. There it is. That was really good. Thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you. Also, so we share a folder um, for my notes because Ethan uses them to edit. So he'll just like go through the notes while he's editing and mark anything that needs to be marked. Um, But what the fuck? Oh, so because we share that folder and I create a new file every time I write notes there, I always have to title the new one something like, don't look at this or whatever. And... This one is titled Not Today, Satan. I like that. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I usually do see it, but I haven't been in the notes you know, in a second. I think last week's was Don't Even Think About It. But... Yeah. They're usually something along, along those lines. Yeah. Okay. So, history and origin. History and origin. 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 Also, the mic's a little bit further from you now than it used to be, so let's just make sure we're... Let's just make sure we're projecting. Oh, don't scream. But yes, project. Make sure, make sure we're getting there. Can we get there? The answer is yes. So sorry to Stacey if she can hear us or if she's there. Uh no, she's not. She's not? Okay. Our neighbors are not here right now, so. The perks of shooting in the middle of the night. Okay, so most people know the phrase Stockholm Syndrome from the numerous high-profile kidnapping and hostage cases, usually involving women, in which it has been cited. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Check yeah. out. Yeah. While the term is widely known, the incident that led to its coinage remains relatively obscure, which is why outside of Sweden, few know the names of bank workers Regerda Lundblad, Elizabeth Oldgren, Kristen, and Mark, and Sven Safstrom. Are we talking about the origin of the name? Is that what you're just... Yes. And we don't know exactly where... Is we that do. Just... We know exactly where it came from? Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you said it was... No, it's obscure because people just associate it with, like, these high-profile cases. They don't actually... No, the case that it came refer... from. Exactly. Got exactly. Okay. Exactly. So... Drink of the water. Hydrate or dehydrate. Just kidding. I never hydrate. You don't. Um, on the morning of August 23rd, 1973, an escaped convict of the streets of Sweden's capital city entered a bustling bank, the Sparages Credit Bonken, in Stockholm's upscale normal Umstorg. Normal Storg, N O R R M A L M S T O R G. I think I own uh, a shelf with that title from nice. IKEA. Yes. Um, square, upscale, normal Storg square, square. From underneath the folded jacket he carried in his arms, Jan Eric Olson pulled a loaded machine gun. Fired at the ceiling and disguising his voice to sound like an American, cried out in English, The party has just begun. That's a pretty extravagant entrance. Yeah, and he's an escaped convict. 
you didn't catch that part. Yeah, so he, he's already on the run. <laughs> and he's just like, fucking look at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at us. Hey, hey look at us. Look at us. A silent alarm was pulled and a police officer responded, but uh, Olsen ended up wounding the responding officer and then took four bank employees hostage. Damn. He demanded over $700,000 in Swedish and, like, other currencies, um, a getaway car, and the release of fellow convict Clark Olofsson, who was serving time for armed robbery and acting as an accessory in, or for acting as an accessory in the 1966 murder of a police officer. There's not a fucking chance they're letting him go. Within hours. <laughs> no way. The police delivered Olafson a <laughs> ransom and even a blue Ford Mustang with a full tank of gas. Clearly, this is not America. No, yeah. <laughs> However, authorities refused the robber's demand to leave with the hostages in tow to ensure safe passage. So he also said, now that I have all of these things, I'm going to take my money. I'm going to take Clark and I'm going to take these four hostages so you don't so kill you don't us. follow. Yeah. yeah or, or, yeah, just destroy yeah. us as soon yeah, as you exactly. leave. So um, the unfolding drama captured headlines around the world and played out on television screens across Sweden, which is why I was a little bit confused that it's not more well known. Yeah, where the term comes from. Is, yeah. It was in the 70s, 73, you say? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. I've, 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 I think I've never heard of like the actual, I've never heard the origin. This, I heard it case. on my favorite murder. That was like how I knew yeah. that it was like a thing, which is why I thought it was super interesting. But they just really went into the case and I wanted to know more about Stockholm Syndrome, which is why I do a less deep dive of the case and more of like the surrounding stuff. So, Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Pulled up inside a crammed bank vault, the captives quickly forge a strange bond with their abductors, which is we're already developing. <laughs> already within hours? Yes. Damn. Olsen draped a wool jacket over the shoulders of hostage Kristen and Mark when she began to shiver, soothed her when she had a bad dream, and gave her a bullet from his gun as a keepsake. How long were they in there? I'll tell you. Um, the gunman consoled captive Birgitta Lundblad when she couldn't reach her family by phone and told her, try again, don't give up. Hmm. When hostage Elizabeth Oldgren complained of claustrophobia, he allowed her to walk outside the vault, attached a 30-foot rope to her neck. And um, Oldgren, the, the woman, told the New Yorker a year later that although she was leashed, she said, quote, I remember thinking he was very kind to allow me to leave the vault. Okay. By the second day... <laughs> oh. <laughs> The hostages were on a first-name basis with their captors, and they started to fear the police more than their abductors. The police chief told the press that he doubted the gunmen would harm the hostages because they developed a rather relaxed relationship. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know to what degree. I obviously, like, I can't say being in that situation, but, like, at a certain point, like, after a full day, it's like, and if they're not doing anything to you to, like, Actually, you're being held against your will, obviously, but with a gun pointed at you. Well, yeah, but I mean, I was like, after after a certain point, you're just gonna sit there and be like, yeah, I guess. Like, what what else? What else am I gonna do? Like, I feel like I'd be more, way more relaxed after fucking two days. Yeah, I'd be hungry. 
That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's literally an exact thought. That but I feel like to the situation of like, they haven't fucking hurt me yet. It seems like they just want me as like collateral. I do feel like an hostage is like the police. Like, obviously, like, uh, so I think. Exactly. I didn't know that. Yeah, I only hear. I also haven't actually heard of a lot of hostage situations. As much as I'm into true crime, I feel like I rarely have ever heard of They usually don't last that long. Like active, hot, like like without with like cops outside type of situation. I think that especially now police are way more aggressive. Yeah. Whereas here, obviously, they're hella patient and they want to they want to serve the the abductors. It's not America there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's not America there. It's not, the US, yeah. it's yeah. not America there. <laughs> um. <laughs> In a phone call from the bank's vault to the county's prime minister, Olaf Palm, one of the hostages and Mark begged to be allowed to leave the bank with the kidnappers. The authorities had refused this request from her, telling Palm that she was, quote, very disappointed with him. And Mark said, quote, I think you are sitting there playing checkers with their lies. I fully trust Clark and the robber. I'm not desperate. They haven't done anything with us. On the contrary, they have been very nice. But you know, Olaf, what I'm scared of is that the police will attack us and cause us to die. I mean, yeah, that's like, it's like half like what I was saying. It's like, they haven't done anything to them. They're obviously like treating them like, I mean, that is a very dangerous way of thinking, but still like, yeah, I, I think I'd be in the same boat. Also, yeah, I wouldn't trust cops for for anything. Yeah, yeah. Even when threatened with physical harm, the hostages still saw compassion in their abductors. So, after Olsen threatened to shoot Safstrom, the man that was with them, the only man in the hostages, um, so after Olsen threatened to shoot him in the leg to shake up police, the hostage recounted to the New Yorker, which they were all interviewed for the New Yorker. So that's why I have a couple of quotes in here. Um, but uh, Safstrom recounted, quote, how kind I thought he was for saying that it was just my leg he would shoot. And then Enmark, one of the women who was held hostage, tried to convince her fellow hostage to take the bullet, saying, but Sven, it's just in the leg. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where... <laughs> that's yeah, that's where I'm out. Uh, like, dude, no, not even the leg. Yeah. Like, foot... Maybe. Also, Olsen added that he wouldn't he'd make sure that he wouldn't kill him and that he could get him drunk first. That's a blood thinner. No. Well I mean, yeah, but I would care less than I'm so, bleeding to death. I need free beer. Wait, but what is he gonna shoot him with? Because he's you said he had an assault rifle, right? Think so? That's gonna it's a machine gun. Machine gun. Kind of machine gun. Let me see. What like, I want to know what caliber, because, like, that's going to fuck you. If it is an assault rifle, like, like us Americans, it's going to fuck your leg up. I mean, I Submachine gun. Submachine gun. Small, smaller caliber. Smaller. Does that mean that you fired underwater? Yes. Yeah. Submarine gun. <laughs> it doesn't shoot unless or submerged in water. You're eating a submarine sub. Ooh. Then I'll fire. Damn. I heard a podcast today, I was listening to a podcast, and someone described, and a listener, Kale, someone described, like, what it feels to be shot. Ooh. Yeah. It just, it, Did they just say, ouch? Yeah, they just, ouch. <laughs> it's just like, ouch? You, you know? know? You know? Like, ouch? No, it's just, uh, 
doesn't you don't feel pain at first? You just feel a lot of pressure and like heat. And once it's the adrenaline that doesn't, once you like, once the adrenaline like wears off, then you start feeling pain. Which is like okay. So two things. One sounds a lot like anal. This was okay. This was <laughs> the the morbid podcast that I want to chat about. Yeah. 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 Also, yes. Shout out to Morbid. I've used them as a uh, reference before. They're they're great. Um, One of them sounds exactly like our friend Lauren, and I'm not sure. I'm it's not. Sure it's all <laughs> um, I can't stop thinking about you saying that it feels like anal. Um, <laughs> I once told my mom that I wanted to be shot, and she freaked the fuck out. And I was like, "Hear me out." It's the same way that, like, I hypothetically would like to get pregnant at some point. Yeah, it's like... I just want to experience the full human experience. That's, like, Yeah, I've had that sentiment before, too. Where I have also said the same thing. It's like, I want to experience what it's like to get shot, but, like, it'd be great to do it in, like, a, a very controlled setting where it's like, yeah. I get shot, I get... Immediate Immediate help. medical attention. Yeah. And I'm not shot in a place where it's even likely that I'll be harmed. Like, yeah, or, like, exactly. Yeah. Fatal or irreparably harmed. Yeah. yeah. It's just like I want to feel what it feels like and be like, that sucks. Fix it. Yeah. Same. Hundred percent. Okay. Also, Glad we're on the same page. Also free beer. Sounds good. It's I've also wanted to be punched in the face before. Like I've never had I've never punched someone in the face and I've never been punched in the face, but I feel like both of those things sound like like a must do in my life. You don't want to get punched in the face. I know, but like I also think I'd look hella cute with a black eye. I mean, look at look at my makeup today. It's very close. Your eye would shatter. <laughs> Your eye socket would be no more. There was... Also, sorry. Go ahead. I also love that you're like, you don't want to get punched in the face, but also you're like... Let's get shot. Get shot. Yeah, let's get shot. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to get shot either, but like... I'd rather get punched than shot. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'd rather get shot than punched, I think, in the face. Any punch in the face? Yeah. Well, it depends. Really? Okay, it depends. Really? Say that again. Think about it. Say that again. I have a really big fear of like, uh, like uh, brain injuries though, and like you can get fucked by getting punched in the face. Dude, I had a friend that I used to work with, like a broken jaw, Ooh. who had three TBIs from playing football growing up, and then after I stopped working, where like we worked together, he got in a rollover car accident and got a fourth uh tbi and like basically became like a toddler like he had to relearn how to read oh yeah you tell me about that yeah so fucking horrible yeah like just hit anywhere in the head like that sucks that sounds so bad and like there's so there's so much bad that can happen getting i would like to get punched in the face by someone with my exact stature and strength (laughs) oh yeah you'd be fine i'd let you punch me in the face that's what i'm saying like like, I used to have a friend who is my basic size and stature, and, like, we were in English class my freshman year of high school, and we both said that we wanted to do it, and he was like, I swear to God, if you punch me in the face, I'll punch you back, and I was like, I couldn't do it. I just, like, I could not do it, but I do, I have the thing about, like, being slapped in the face. I think that's super silly. Also, not the eye. You punch in the eye fucking hurts. I meant, like, the cheek kind of thing, you no, know? No, because that's where you'll, you could break that bone. Right. And that's super <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Like, that could permanently blind you in that eye. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Just don't punch me near my eye. You're going to punch me in the face. Just just don't punch me in the face. <laughs> I have no aim. I remember punching Lauren on her 30th. 
And yeah. I think I fucking almost punched her in the face. Yeah, I was you, punching you, her arm, and I fucking yeah. went to go punch her face. Because, like, anywhere you get punched in the face is going to suck. Like, my, my brother broke his jaw not from being punched in the face, but he broke his jaw. I was going to say, if it was, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but he, uh, he broke it one time. He had, he had it, like, wired and stuff, and he had to drink smoothies. I knew this, but Jesus yeah. Christ. I yeah, I love smoothies. I don't like I don't like smoothies that much. Where I get it, I have to eat them. All my food is smoothies. Sounds terrible. Anyway, let's go back to the the Stockholm home. All right, we're we're getting to a point where the we're, IKEA syndrome. We're um further in the future. How much further in the future do you think we are? In so, the future? Yeah. No, like like <laughs> of them being in the vault, they're still in the vault. Oh, how much time has passed? Yes. Where are we at in the timeline? Yes. Six days. Six days. Fucking nailed it. It's like I read the notes. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> After about six days, police pumped tear gas into the vault and Olsen and Olafsen quickly surrendered. So. Wow. The, Soft. The police called for the hostages to come out first, but they refused because they wanted to protect their captors. So they were like, if you, if they go out first, you're going to shoot them immediately or whatever. Yeah, if they go out without us, you're going to shoot exactly. them. Exactly. So they're like, basically, let's go staggered so that yeah. they will be like with us and you won't shoot them. So I actually have a picture here of them walking out. Ooh. No. This is one of them. And these way. are police officers walking him out. Oh, those are all police officers. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. They're all in I was like, clothes. One's in like a, like, it looks almost like a Hawaiian button up. Yeah. One's in like a just normal, like, like top button shirt. One's in all of these dudes are on vacation. Yeah. This is the US, not militarized. They really aren't. They truly aren't. I don't see even a gun on any of them. Yeah, the guy's wearing a Tommy Bahama for sure. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, yeah. So when they were told to, um, when the hostages were told to come out first, and Mark yelled, no, Jan and Clark go first. You'll gun them down if we do. Like, you'll gun them down if we go out first. Yeah. And All then- of this while they are actively tear-gassed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll run into a wall 25 times before I find the exit while I'm tear That sounds terrible. I don't know. I've never been tear-gassed. Well, I can't imagine it feels good. Maybe they're smoker. Would you rather be shot or tear-gassed? <laughs> <laughs> Punch in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The hierarchy is shot, tear gas, punch in the face. I'd rather be shot and tear gas before being punched in the face. I know that's wrong. It's got to be wrong. Okay. I've been punched in the face and here I am. Yeah. Dumber than ever. That's why I can't remember anything. In the doorway of the vault, the convicts and hostages said their goodbyes, kissing and shaking hands. When the police began detaining the gunmen, the women cried, Don't hurt them. They didn't harm us. When Enmark wow, was wheeled you. away in a stretcher, she shouted to the handcuffed Olafsson, Mark, I will see you again. That's scary. Yeah. The hostages' seemingly irrational attachment to their captors perplexed the public and the police, who even investigated whether Enmark had plotted the robbery with Olafsson. Like they were, it was an inside job. Yeah. Um, the captives were confused, too. So the day following her release... Oldgren asked a psychiatrist, is there something wrong with me? Why don't I hate them? Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's, it's a lot sadder and, like, darker, but I like the idea of them, like, her saying that, like, I'll see you again. They'd be like, what the fuck? They're just, like, walking away, just, like, confused at their own words. I like that idea. 
That makes it more comical in my head than it actually is. Yeah, it's, it's actually, really fucking sad. It's actually really fucked up. So Stockholm Syndrome was born by way of explanation for this condition they were feeling. The phrase was reported to have been coined by criminologist and psychiatrist Nils Bejero. A psychiatrist, Dr. Frank Ockberg, was intrigued by the phenomenon and went on to define the syndrome for the FBI and Scotland Yard in the 70s. So later on in the 70s, obviously. At the time, uh, Dr. Frank Ockberg uh, was helping the U.S. National Task Force on Terrorism and Disorder Device Strategies for Hostage Situations. Excuse me. Um, his criteria included the following. First, people would experience something terrifying that just comes out of the blue. They are certain they are going to die. Then they experience a type of infantilization where, like a child, they are not unable to eat, speak, or go to the toilet without permission. Small acts of kindness, such as being given food, prompts a primitive gratitude for the gift of life, he explains. Quote, the hostages experience a powerful, primitive, positive feeling toward their captor. They are in denial that this person who put them in... They're in denial that this is the person who, it, wow, who put them in this situation. In their mind, they think this is the person who's going to let them live. That makes sense. It just kind of flips for, for them. At some point, psychologically, there is that. that. Yeah. Because when it first happens, they're like, why is this person doing this to me? And then at some point, it's like, this is the person that's going to allow me to live. Right, exactly. It's just like, not, they just totally disregard that they're the reason that the situation exists. Right. The situation is the only thing that exists at that point, and that's the person that's going to get them out of it. Exactly. Or, or sustain them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, also, stop, go sorry, ahead. No, sorry. go ahead. Out of the blue, that's got to come from like, like a sailor speak, right? Thinking about it. Like, you tell me. I don't know. I will. I guess I get out of the deep blue, but it's like out of the blue. Like, like it would have to be like, you know, like, like the Titanic, like the iceberg came out of the blue. Because it's, you know, it's, yeah, that's what I said. Like the blue sea. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I was, no, I get I was it, just giving an example. Who knows? You, you can find out. I can find out. It me. doesn't seem like a, a really big. It's probably gonna be like, yeah, it's that. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> do that. Tell me. I'll look that up eventually. But anyway, All that, right. that was my thought. Stockholm Syndrome is typically applied to explain the ambivalent feeling of captives, but the feelings of captors change too. Olsen remarked at the beginning of the siege he would have easily killed the hostages, but that changed over the days. In an interview following the incident, quote, Olsen spoke harshly, quote, his quote. So in the interview, it says, quote, Olsen spoke harshly. And then Olsen's quote is, it was the hostages' fault. They did everything I told them to do. If they hadn't, I might not be here now. Why didn't any of them attack me? They made it hard to kill. They made us go on living together day after day like goats in that filth. There was nothing to do but get to know each other. Unquote, unquote. Unquote, the quoteception. I love that he's like <laughs> blaming them. I know. <laughs> yeah. Those fucking idiots just would have made it easy to kill them. I wouldn't be here right now. Exactly. Like, I, I would be somewhere way worse. <laughs> you could have also not done whatever you did to get to prison, then broken out of prison, and then held these people hostage. That's an option. But no, he's like, these fucking assholes <laughs> had to be so nice to me when I had a gun pointed to them. Fucked up my whole plan. So. Sorry. 
Even after Olofsson and Olsen returned to prison, the hostages made jailhouse visits to their former captors. That's unfortunate. Um, an appeals court overturned Olofsson's conviction, but Olsen spent years behind bars before being released in 1980. And once freed, he married one of the many women who sent admiring letters to him while incarcerated and moved to Thailand, and in 2009 released his autobiography entitled Stockholm Syndrome. I don't like any of that that last little tidbit there. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah big yikes to all of it. Yeah. Except, like, you know, Thailand. Like, Thailand's fine. I mean, also, like, I don't know how old they were. That dude looks like he was in his, like, 30s, maybe even, like, mid to late 30s. So maybe he wasn't, though. Maybe they were, like, in their 20s. But, like, I always think about this because, like, so many rapists and serial killers are so young when they start and in my head i'm like they're in their 30s 40s 50s and they're not they're in their teens and 20 like early 20s yeah and it's like i can't even fathom the idea of having those thoughts at that age and a lot of times even when they get caught they're still in their like mid to late 20s yeah exactly and um so like you know but then thinking about this like that guy killed a cop like Olafson killed a cop and went to prison. That's why he was there. And then he got out and like wanted went to go like rob a bank because it was probably like the cool thing to do. So I say that he's in his like, you know, mid twenties or whatever. It's just like he's just fucking around. He's just being a little fuck off. And now he's a grown man and he's not like that anymore. And maybe he's, you know, actually not necessarily rehabilitated, but just like an oh, actual he, person. I thought the guy that wait, so the guy that who got released? It was the guy that got was asked in like the the ransom. Oh, yeah. Technically, he was the one that got released later. Olson did, yeah. Yeah. So who happened to the the guy who originally broke out of prison, the escaped convict? That's Olson. He's the one who wrote the autobiography. Got it. Olson. Olson. We don't know. Don't we don't know what happened to him. I don't know. I didn't. Because he's the one that killed the cop, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't know where he is. Huh. Wonder what happened to him. I mean, he just went on to live his life. He didn't get convicted. He went to back, he went back to prison, though. It says an appeals court overturned his conviction. Of, he was in prison for killing a cop. They overturned it. I guess so. But he. And did, he did he not kill the cop? Held people hostage for six days. Well, to be fair, that wasn't his plan. He was brought into that. Still. Imagine being pulled out of prison, like, <laughs> just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? I, I don't, I'm, I'm serving my time, man. Hey, you're being released. What? Oh, you gotta. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Your buddy, uh, yeah. Good He's got you into some shit. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what happened to that guy. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Because they overturned his... Like, what conviction? Which, yeah, which of these two horrible heinous Yeah, crimes? because, horrible I mean, I would, I would understand if they overturned any conviction that was had to do with, like, the kidnapping, because obviously he did not initiate that or instigate Maybe it. he did. He could have. There is probably he, not sufficient evidence. He to, could have like, had part in it, like, known about it, but still, like, he didn't actually start the whole thing. He was a condition of the hostage situation, and then... Like, I can't imagine his original sentence that he was already serving getting overturned. Like, unless he just, he really was not. Like, if if he really didn't do that, then 
that makes sense. But it would be unrelated completely. That's weird. I wonder what that dude's doing. Also, what a fucking turn of events. Like, one day you're in prison, six days later you're getting rearrested, and then shortly after that you know you don't have to go back to prison. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of questions for a lot of people in that situation. This chair is so soft. It's so soft, right? We were gonna get... It's like I wanna, like, I wanna rub it, but the mic is right here, and I, I feel like you'll hear that. ASMR. ASMR. Um, we were gonna get green velvet chairs. If For those of you who are listening, we have orange velvet chairs that are super soft, and then we have a black velvet background. Um, we really made this Halloween-themed. Uh, it was an accident, though. We were going for green velvet and uh, found these really beautiful orange chairs and ended up going with these instead. And I they think were the it was perfect like, size, great price. Perfect it, chairs. It just, like, yeah, it just worked. It came out. Size, shape, color, everything was yeah, really... Yeah, we don't have a lot of space in this studio and like... They're really nice. Yeah, you and it just... see what they have me on. <laughs> 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 Whoops. <laughs> Um, hey, you have a seat, you know, it's, it's a, it's progress. Um, where were we? All right. So now, uh, we're in, we're, we're getting to the end here. So my next section is other high profile cases. I have three, um, they're very brief and I don't have any more details than what I'm about to give you. They're just going to be, you know, quick. Yeah, exactly. These just are cases that also deal that with synopsis. Wait, do we... Do we cover where the name Stockholm came from? It was in Stockholm, Sweden. Oh, that's where it happened. <laughs> yeah. Got it. I don't know why I was just, I was like assuming like the like psychiatrist or doctor or whatever that like I was gonna be or someone involved. Dude, or... I was doing this research and thought the same thing, and then I was like, <laughs> I am so fucking stupid. Oh, that's how I feel right now. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. It was it. That makes sense. High-profile cases that you probably or maybe have heard the term Stockholm Syndrome from Mm -hmm. um, are Patty Hearst, who is perhaps most famously the granddaughter of businessman and newspaper publisher William Randolph Hearst, was kidnapped in 74 by the Symbionese Liberation Army, or the SLA. During her captivity, she renounced her family, adopted a new name, and even joined the SLA in robbing banks, and later... She was arrested and she used Stockholm Syndrome as a defense in her trial, but the defense did not work and she was sentenced to 35 years in prison. At what age? Oh, I just thought you you might have done that. Nope. All right. Natasha Kampusch. In 1998, the then 10-year-old Natasha was kidnapped and kept underground in a dark, insulated room. Her kidnapper, Wolfgang... Priclopil? 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 Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of lines over. Can I see the name? Oh, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. I don't, I'm not educated or cultured enough to. Priclopil. That's got it. No, that. Priclopil. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, held her captive for more than eight years. Jeez. During that time, he showed her kindness, but he also beat her and threatened to kill her. She was able to escape, and her captor committed suicide, and news accounts at the same time report Natasha um, wept inconsolably at his suicide. Jeez. Us. Yeah. 
And then the last high-profile case that I have is Mary McElroy. And in 1933, four men held 25-year-old Mary at gunpoint, chained her to walls in an abandoned farmhouse, and demanded ransom from her family. When she was released, she struggled to name her captors in their subsequent trial, and she also publicly expressed sympathy for them. Wow. Um, my next section is called, Does It Exist? Does it? The notion that perpetrators can display positive feelings toward captives is a key element of Stockholm Syndrome that crisis negotiators are encouraged to develop, according to an article in the 2007 FBI Law Enforcement Bulletin. It can prove the chances of hostage survival, it explained. It, however, is rarely encountered. That's what I was saying before. Most people who are in these situations do not develop Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Quote, I would be hard-pressed to say that it exists, says Hugh McGowan, who spent 35 years with the NYPD. Quote, sometimes in the field of psychology, people are looking for a cause and effect when it isn't there. Stockholm was a unique situation. It occurred around the time when people were starting to see more hostage situations, and maybe people didn't want to take, it, take away something that we might see again. That's so weird. Yeah. Because it's, it's strange to, like, even debate that something exists when, like, it happens. When it's, it's like, a repeated behavior that is yeah. um, Like, it clearly observed. has happened. But, like, debating the validity of its actual... Ex- I strange. have a closing statement that, will, that, that kind of hits hard with, with that sentiment. Okay. I'm not there yet, though. Yeah, yeah. Continue. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like a page of notes away, though. So um, the treatment for Stockholm Syndrome is unrecognized. So the treatment, blah, blah, blah. Stockholm Syndrome is an unrecognized psychological disorder and does not have a standardized definition, which is what we've covered many times. Mm-hmm. As a result, there is no official treatment for it. In the short term, however, counseling or psychological treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder can help alleviate immediate issues associated with recovery, such as anxiety and depression. So long-term psychotherapy can further help you or a loved one with recovery if you've experienced anything like this, and psychologists and psychotherapists can teach healthy coping mechanisms and response tools to help an individual understand what happened, why it happened, and how they can move forward. Reassigning positive emotions can help you understand what happened wasn't your fault. And also with, I think it was Oldgren who had the, like, why am I like this? Why do I feel like this or whatever? Um, Validating that, like, you did this because you were, you know, surviving, Surviving, living. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you. So um, my last section before my closing statement is Stockholm Syndrome Today, which is uh, in the beginning when I was saying it can manifest in very different environments. Um, Less extreme than the, the big high-profile cases. Or just different that we don't really think yeah. about. Um, so while Stockholm Syndrome is commonly associated with hostage or kidnapping situations, it can actually apply to other circumstances, other circumstances and uh, personal relationships. So... It can be present in abusive relationships. Research has shown that abused individuals may develop emotional attachments to their abuser. Sexual, physical, and emotional abuse, as well as incest, can last for years. And over this time, a person may develop positive feelings or sympathy for the person who is abusing them. Pretty fucked up. Yeah, super fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Child abuse. 
makes sense. Um, abusers frequently threaten their victims with harm, even death, and victims may try to avoid upsetting their abuser by being compliant. Abusers may also show kindness that could be perceived as genuine feeling, and this may further confuse the child and lead them to not understanding the negative nature of a relationship, which is also kind of just like conditioning. Like if that's, excuse me, all you know, that's what you expect and like they're your parents and you love them or, or whomever is abusing you. Um, and you just have to accept it. And like, that's just, that's the way of the world, you know? So, yeah. Um, sex trafficking trade. Individuals who are trafficked often rely on their abusers for necessities like food and water, which is like <laughs> what you were saying, like, like they're like giving them their life source basically. Yeah. Um, so when their the, captor becomes their life source. Yeah. Um, when the abusers provide what they need, the victim may begin to develop positive feelings um, for their abuser. And they may also resist cooperating with the police for fear of retaliation from their abuser or thinking that they have to protect their abusers to protect themselves, which just now this is going to be such a shitty um, reference, but it makes me think of... What is his name? his name yara's brother oh theon theon reek yes when he's in the cage and yara comes to Save rescue him, him. He, he's he, yeah. yeah exactly so it's like it, it, for fear of retaliation they they you know try and and like we're talking about game of thrones oh sorry yes sorry okay so um not sorry and then also uh this one surprised me but sports coaching being involved in sports is a great way for people to build skills and relationships, but unfortunately, some of those relationships may ultimately be negative. Harsh coaching techniques can even become abusive, and the athlete, athlete may tell themselves their coach's behavior is for their own good. And this, according to a 2018 study, can ultimately become a form of Stockholm Syndrome. I never even thought about that, that situation. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And like I feel like you've seen that before in like tv and film and stuff like that where you know a coach is pushing somebody a little too hard and it's like they're like no it's because they want me to do better or whatever like stuff like that like mm -hmm. like you've seen they have before, my best interest in mind exactly like, it's like yeah but it's you don't really it's yeah. abusive yeah and you wouldn't but you also wouldn't just like i would never immediately think it's related to like a stockholm syndrome type of yeah. situation yeah exactly that's what i was saying like these things that you it's don't so even outside like, think of, of them. The, the what you think about when you hear stockholm syndrome right that's crazy yeah and then my closing statement here is 40 years on and the term is evoked nearly every time an abductee is found after many years out of public sight some argue that its very nature implies a criticism of the survivor a weakness perhaps Quote, I find it very natural that you would adapt yourself to identify with your kidnapper, especially if you spend a great deal of time with that person. It's about empathy and communication. Looking for normality within the framework of a crime is not a syndrome. It is a survival strategy. And that is from Natasha Kempush, who is one of the high profile cases that I mentioned above. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that would also, you know, hinder it from being classified as like some sort of like you know condition or disorder or mm -hmm. something like that like it's not that it's literally you just trying to survive it's behavioral it's instinctual yeah that's crazy yeah yeah 
So it doesn't need to be defined or or res, uh like boiled down to what is that? I don't know. Uh, reduced, reduced, yeah, reduced to, to a syndrome, you yeah. know, or in and honestly, like kind of what the the above statement said was that that word has a lot of connotation to it and implies that there is something wrong with the survivor or the victim or yeah. the abductee. It's saying that they are weak and they had to like do this. They have this syndrome, you know, yeah. and that's not really what it is. It is they and syndrome did... becomes kind of synonymous with like disorder, which, exactly, which exactly. says there's something wrong with you. There's mm-hmm. something out of place. Like mm-hmm. you need to fix that. And it's not what it is at all. It's right. just, you know, adapting to your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that Sir? is uh that's Stockholm syndrome. Wow. That was really interesting. Yeah. I did enjoy that one a lot. Me too. This was another one that I like woke up. I went to sleep one night knowing that I wanted to do it, woke up the next morning and did it in like three hours because I was just so like, I was just eating up the fucking information. And like I said, I didn't use Wikipedia. So it was just a lot of like clicking back and forth between different articles and like trying to find a good structure for this because like there was what it is, what are the treatments, what are the signs, what are the symptoms, what are the whatever, you know? So yeah. kind of compiling all of that was super like fun to do. It was like really like putting together a puzzle and, and making sense of this like super complicated, super uh, just unfortunate thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, well-researched. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. It's fantastic. I do have um, a tidbit. It's not exactly fun. I would call it a fun tidbit this week. Okay. But it is just something I was curious about and I'll explain why. When we come back from this little wee break. Sounds great. Um, and then we can do our closing closing stuff uh, after our tidbit. Have a good time and go on with our week. Party. And welcome back to our last segment of the episode. Junie. Ethan. Are you ready to listen to a cold hard fact? Sergio, are you really listening to a cold hard fact while we drink some cold hard brews? Can I get a crack? We got a Sergio crack coming up. It's a good crack. And a sip. Ooh, bonus sip. Love it. We love to hear it. Okay, so this week we have a pretty decent fact. Kind of something I was just... A little interested in while I was watching, as Junie likes to call, The Pranos. I just started uh, my Sopranos watch this year, I guess. It's been about a month or two. Um, never seen it before. Started watching it. Um, and then a certain situation came along that has been, you know, portrayed in TV and film a lot. And I did talk about this a little bit before, to you at least. I don't know if it was on camera at all. I was going to say, I think you I mentioned it, but then we went to a different one. This was this has been a tidbit that's been planned for a, a few episodes, but we never went to it. Okay. Um, because we did seashells the one time, and then last week scary we, story. Last week we did scary stories, or not last week, but it was it was last two weeks ago. What did we do? It was last DIA. week. DIA. DIA. Yeah. Was so my, it was two weeks ago. What was my tidbit then? I don't think you have one. You say, did you have one? Yeah. 
You oh. read from your phone. Yeah, what was it? It was seashells. Was that seashells last week? Yeah. And the week before that was scary stories. Yes. Got it. So yeah, this has been planned for a while, but we keep getting sidetracked. And you know, um, there is this thing that uh, yeah, yeah, always pops up uh, about, and, and I've grown up knowing this, but like Cuban cigars are illegal in the U.S. And I was like, why? Just curious because I was watching Sopranos and they they had. You know, it's always like I got Cubans and stuff. They it's have like, pigs. It's like that. It's always a thing. They have Missile pigs. crisis. Missile crisis is part of it. Yeah. <laughs> subs. 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 Cuban subs. What else is Cuban? Um, people. Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Has nothing to do with him. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but Pearl Harbor was literally saved by Cuba Gooding Jr. on that on that machine gun, the anti air gun. If you've seen Pearl Harbor. Yep. I've been to Pearl Harbor. You've been to Pearl Harbor? I have not It's been. so spooky. I love it. Ooh. Go to Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that sounded bad. I know that the history is super fucked up and horrible. It's just, it's spooky. It is spooky. Like, places that death. It's really interesting being somewhere where you can see history. Yeah. It's really wild. Yeah. Which, it's, it was like. It's eerie. It, I hate this terminology, but you know, like. When the air around you feels pregnant, like you know, when there's like, do you know what that like? You've never heard that before. No, what? It just means like heavy, like like dense, like it's full of something. Like it just like <laughs> felt really heavy there. Like it didn't feel like you were just like anywhere. Like yeah. you could feel it. It was very dense. Yeah, yeah. That's a very funny. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> the air is pregnant. I that not the air itself, but you can say like you know like. When my mind became pregnant with the idea of something. Well, yeah, that's different than. No, it's not. You just said when, when like the like the air. Something is pregnant. It's full. Well, yeah, but when you say like my mind became pregnant, it's like yeah, I I I started you know developing an idea. Like that's different than saying like an area feels like pregnant with. Like that history. Yeah, pregnant with history. That's a weird. That's a weird way to say that. <laughs> When you say like I, I I became it's like yeah you developed you started developing this thing and it felt very like that's <laughs> such a different I was always saying places feel pregnant to me this place feels pregnant anyway let's go and do enough eye rolling right had it you told me to rock I, I roll nice nice thank you. So we're going to go into why Cuban cigars uh, are kind of illegal still. Aren't they not? We'll get into it. Let's crack into it. Let's crack into it. Uh, so, so Cuban cigars are illegal due to a trade embargo developed in February of 1962. They have pigs. Sure. I don't know when Bay of Pigs actually. Me neither. <laughs> not, I have no actual information about Bay of Pigs. I'm sure it had something to do with this era. But anyway, uh, our good friend, not the U.S.'s good friend. Uh, it was two days, April Cat. 17th to April 19th, 1961. Sorry. So that's, that's, yeah, that's, that is around this time, but it's not. Uh, yeah, no, it's, directly. it's later. Yeah, yeah, totally not. It doesn't have so uh, Castro seized control in 59 um, of Cuba 
and <laughs> he he began uh, confiscating property and assets, including cigar companies. In Cuba. In Cuba. Okay. So he began just taking control of everything there. Um, and during the Cold War, he then permitted the Soviets to build missile bases on the island, which would be able to reach the U.S. So during the Cold War, when we had like the highest tensions between uh, Soviet Union and the U.S., uh, Cuba, which is well within range of the U.S., uh, Castro allowed the Soviets to build missile bases there, which would allow them to, you know, have very easy access to what a baller move bombing the fuck out on of us. both of their parts cuba and the soviet union yeah i uh, yeah god damn um so the u.s responded by blocking creating a blockade of soviet ships to cuba um to avoid them from bringing in uh all the materials and stuff needed to build the bases so they weren't even able to actually build them but during this time, it's the closest during the Cuban Missile Crisis that we ever got to actual nuclear war. Wait, they never built bases? So they, yeah, they weren't able to because the U.S. created a blockade from the Soviets built, bringing in the materials and stuff needed to build. Okay, you just blew my mind. My, in my history growing up, I thought that we sort of had missiles like point at each other. There weren't actual missiles. No, so there was a lot of tension, but, oh yeah, we, I mean, we did have... We were both nuclear capable, cap- right? Capable, but there weren't missiles in Cuba pointed at us. The, yeah, so so we didn't have. It was very close, but the U.S. blocked them from bringing in the materials needed to complete all of their bases yeah. and stuff. So I thought, they, I mean, the the very brief research that I did, I don't see any actual bases being completed or finished. That could be wrong. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But uh, yeah, to my knowledge. That plan was foiled by the U.S. blockade, so it was the closest we got, but there was never actually any, I don't think there were any, like, fully completed functional missile bases built in Cuba. Um, and because of all this, numerous attempts were made on Castro's life by the U.S., inclu- Checks out. <laughs> including poison cigars. Obviously didn't work we suck and uh you know a lot of people just um think that uh good old castro got to jfk first like he was successful before like everyone a lot of people theorize that um jfk's assassination was related to castro holy shit he had people kill him before jfk could successfully kill him Pretty wow. crazy, right? Very crazy. Never heard that before. Never heard that theory. Yeah. Um, I know I know very little about history or anything, so I've never heard most things, yeah. but still that's fucking wild. I've never read Yeah, I, I I mean, yeah, I am real big on history and is it's stuff like this. So I've heard a lot of theories, but this one is one of the ones that I think holds a lot of ground. Just because of all the tension and the back and forth and like like the Bay of Pigs was also part of, uh, I believe, a attempt to kill and overthrow Castro. I believe I could be. I wrong. have no fucking. I could be Bay wrong, but I, I. I just heard that I think in one of your. Um, I believe, but uh, unsolved episodes, and I, believe, yeah. I was like, oh, I've heard of that before. Also, like, total shine that dark. If that was true, 
I do feel like we would, our history would not teach us that we lost. So they would totally. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cover that up. Yeah, exactly. If that's true. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes all sense. The way we fucking paint, like, what with the Vietnam and stuff, like, yeah, yeah, we fucking lost. The Bay of Pigs invasion was a failed landing operation on the southwestern coast of Cuba in 1961 by Cuban exiles who opposed Fidel Castro's Cuban revolution. Got it. Uh, and that, so it was, that was, U.S. had a part in that, right? Was that like at least backed by the U.S.? I, I'm, I would assume. I'm gonna say I think so. Yeah. Uh, in 52, the American general led a coup against President something. So, nope, this is way, this is, there's so, this is such a dense, yeah. like. It's, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Um, so Anyway, we're not talking about the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we have touched on it a bit here. But Only we also, because I keep bringing it But up. we clearly don't know enough about it to talk intelligently to the topic. I don't talk intelligently to any topic. Uh, well, I mean, you did a good job tonight. Anyway, um, so the perspective of U.S. lawmakers was that trade with Cuba was support of the communist regime. So that's why the trade embargo of 1962 was put in place, because they saw any sort of trade, any sort of, you know, support of their economy or like, even though, you know, Castro, he seized power there and took over it as he saw fit. Uh, the U.S. saw any sort of trade with them as support of him and just cut off trade with them. Sounds right. Which, I mean, you know, there's a lot that goes into all of this. We're not going to go deep into any of it, but that was our perspective or the U.S.'s perspective at that point. Um, Since his death, Castro's death in 2016, um, several changes have been made to our relationship with Cuba and our trade deals and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's it's still not anywhere, you know, lifted. But, um, and the embargo actually remains in effect to this day and was actually, there were more restrictive uh, policies put in in 2004. Okay. Which is, you know, fucking 40 years later why? i was just gonna say did something happen in 2004 i don't exactly know why i didn't read into that um as part of the research i just do know that like this is like a brief where we stand now with the with the embargo and like its details of now i don't know what caused any of the changes do you think in um a movie you have a, a little sorry you have lipstick just thank you right there do you think in a movie about the bay of pigs that um liam neeson could play fidel castro <laughs> i would hope he, he wouldn't do that <laughs> but Liam Neeson would be the one that kills fidel castro. yeah in the u.s version he the would version <laughs> yeah yeah what if just he played myself. fidel castro and killed fidel castro <laughs> Oh, like a like a big mama's house was you know, like a nutty professor situation, mm. where Liam Neeson plays everybody. I was thinking like he takes his mask off, but it's me, Liam Neeson. How many like children does he have? Actual Liam Neeson. Yeah. What? Liam Neeson. So daughter. What are you googling? Daughter. Right. All right. 
Jenny's just here just been like typing away, Googling stuff while Fidel well, Castro has nine kids. <laughs> God. <laughs> We're getting to the end of this this little segment here. No, you're fine. Are they how old are they? How old are these kids? Uh they look like in their forties and fifties. They look. <laughs> no idea. They look fucking old. Probably fifties. Sick. All right. Cigars will do that to you. Cigars will do that to you. Um so yeah, it was uh the the it remains in effect. It was even more restrictive in 2004, but uh during my research in this one article in 2019, it said that Obama recently lifted some of the restrictions. Um so as of 2019 um next page. I didn't lick my finger because like grosses me out. Um so, back to the hole. Back to the hole. Back to the hole. Yep. Bastards. That's what they said to Olaf Olsen. Am I right? Great callback. Thank you. Great callback. Great callback. Woo! Nice. Okay. Sorry so. for anybody's eardrums that just got blown out by my. Oh. Well, our audio editing sort of levels out everything, so. Nothing should be too jarring for anybody to hear. Um, well, back to the discussion, which was cigars. Why are they legal? Because, you know, you always see that. I always see that shit where it's like Cubans are like the thing to have because they're illegal. You're not supposed to have them. But I love to imagine that you're talking about the people. What people? Cuban people. Cubans are illegal. You're not supposed to have them. Oh, I'm talking about the people. You're not supposed to have Cubans, man. Um, no, I'm talking about Cuban cigars, but like they always say Cubans, not Cubans. Are these Cubans? They're Cubans, you know, that whole thing, that whole shtick. Anyway, um, previously on Misfits and Tidbits, sorry, Cuban people. <laughs> um, no, previously they were, uh, unable to acquire or even consume while traveling to U.S. citizens. So you can be in trouble for, like, buying or consuming Cuban cigars while you're in Cuba. Like, if you were, if you happen to be a U.S. citizen, or even anywhere, anywhere, you're traveling abroad, and you have them or consume them, that's not legal for you. Which is like, go fucking home. No parents, no rules. My parents are over there in the in the mainland. I'm over here. Smoking some Cubans. Not like murdering Cuban people, but like... I don't know what word I hate. Mainland? Contiguous. <laughs> like you thought of contiguous 50 states or con- contiguous states? Not including Alaska and Hawaii? So 48 contiguous states. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I like that how I got where you, where you, got, where you where we were at. Me too. We're, we're the same. Sympatico. Sympatico. I don't know what that word means. Is that a word? Either. Yeah. Did you just make that up? No. Oh. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's see what it let's see what it means. All right, let's Google this. Another Google session. I want to drink a beer while while you Google that. Sympatico. Sounds- California Inc. No. That reminds me of uh, Tampico. Speaking of Tampico, did you see that Topo Chico has sparkling, <laughs> what is it called? They have seltzers. Seltzers, yeah. Hard, hard yeah. seltzers, yeah. yeah. I did see that. Uh, oh, we, we, it means likable and easy to get along with. 
I would consider myself a sim- simpatico. Or having or characterized by shared interests or attributes compatible. So yeah, that makes sense. Simpatico. Anyway, Tampico. Topo Chico. Topo Chico. Love a Topo Chico. Topo the morning to you. Topo the morning to you. My best joke of all time. Next to Shocker, I barely know her. Shocker, I barely know her. Anyway, um, but now, <laughs> as of now. <laughs> Sorry, I got a thumbs up from our camera guy. Oh, nice. For my Shocker joke. Shocker joke. Uh, they are now legal to consume and acquire. And even gift to friends. What about bee choir? No, no bee choiring. Sea choiring is like a based on a, you know, basis to basis situation. No, absolutely no dequiring. You cannot dequire. As soon as you may choir, you cannot dequire. You got it. You got it. You got it. What about e choir? E choir? That me choir. Okay. All right. Really think about this one. (laughs) <laughs> is it f choir is it f choir you think about that one f choir what <laughs> bless you <laughs> all right uh so they are now legal to consume and even gift to friends and family so before you there was like <laughs> gift to friends and family. It, like you can you can give so that that's the i don't know why that's so oh my god that's hysterical like why but that's that's the distinction you can gift them you can't sell them so it's illegal to oh okay so it's illegal to buy and sell cuban cigars what are you what were you thinking no i just thought that that was a very specific thing (laughs) the the, the distinction like you can have them and you can smoke them and you can also gift them to friends (laughs) the distinction was gifting like that was the very specific you can gift them but you can't exchange them for like money. So you can't sell them. You can't buy or sell them in the US. What if I gift it to someone and then they gift me money? I think you might have to argue that in court. But like. A court? A cab? F court? <laughs> yeah. On the tennis court. Um, but yeah, I just think that's fucking crazy that like. They're not illegal anymore to have. And to hold. And to hold. Till death do us part. I just don't. That just. It's so weird to me because I, I felt like I just grew up thinking that. And then when I did this research, I was like. There's no reason for them to be illegal. So, the, yeah, they're not. They're not. Like that, that like, whole. Fully, like, okay, we know it's the dumb reason. Let's, yeah. But like that whole. I think it's just like that whole trope. That whole like shtick of like having Cubans is like no longer a thing. Yeah. And that's so weird. My grandfather is a really big cigar smoker. That's like, like he smoked for many, many, many years and then quit cold turkey, literally like overnight quit smoking. But he's a really big cigar dude. Um, So he has like a really fancy cigar box and stuff like that. And like, he's the person who told me that they're not like one more than you. I think I've smoked two or three. Um, I remember one night though, I got absolutely obliterated and smoked one um and i woke up the next morning feeling like i had smoked for 70 years gross um yeah i think that's all i got but i just i just think that's really like i went into it thinking like 
why are these illegal? Why is it such a big thing? And then I found out that it's not anymore. And I was, yeah, no. Also, like, but it's fucking cool. That's crazy. Legal, oh, they were illegal, whatever, but they're really good cigars from like what a cigar is. Yeah, right? yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. That. So I think that's part of what made them such like a like you know a hot it, commodity. Yeah, because like if they were shitty cigars just from Cuba, like it wasn't like just because they were illegal. That's what made them good. Is because they were really good cigars. I mean, also things that are illegal just taste better. It's the same reason why alcohol tastes better when you're when 16. When it's free. Usually when you're 16, hey, it's free you, as well. Yes. Also that, yeah, for sure. What? Like, give me some beer. Let me shoot you in the face. You already gave me beer, but wait, in the face? No. You can't shoot me in the face. Can there be one thing you would want less than being shot in the face or is that like the last thing or punch in the face sorry is there one punch thing i'd, I'd want there, less than yeah. being punched in the face? shot in the face sounds terrible oh. okay <laughs> <laughs> any sort of weapon hitting me in the face okay so that's all okay yeah it's not it's not the it's not the top being axed in the face yeah that sounds terrible i meant like that body spray that also sounds terrible i'd rather be punched <laughs> in the face <laughs> have you ever been axed in the face it's not fun i have have you ever had a fire extinguisher to the face? Not like the actual fire extinguisher, but like sprayed in your face? Fuck no. It's terrible. Have you ever been maced? No. Oh, I don't want to be. Me neither. I imagine that's worse than being fire extinguisher. Did you be maced or tased? Tased. Tased, 100%. My sister's been tased twice. To be fair, she asked her friend to tase her twice, but... At the same time? Like one day? Basically, in one day, not back to back. Yeah. It was like they did it once, and then I think they got a little bit drunker, and then she asked her to do it again. You say it was alcohol I'm less concerned about like the uh, like the taser you have, which is the like, that's the one that she got tased with too. Yeah. Then a, like I, a I'm less concerned about the military the, the, fucking the gun. Taser. Really? Oh yeah. Did you, yeah. dude? Those are fucking expensive for refills. Like the sense. refills of that are the price of my taser. Are they? I'm, I'm assuming they're more expensive than a bullet because the LAPD seems to knock those off more than they use their taser. So, Hundo P. I do want to be tased. I want to feel what taste feels like. You I told me we when can I go first, do that. We can go do that when right I first now. opened my taser. You were like, "Can you tase me?" <laughs> so I was like, "No, <laughs> no, I can't ever hurt you." Yeah, I don't want to be tased. Maybe. I know. I just want to feel something. I've been thinking about that. I've been like, think, like, should I just ask Sergio to come and just like tattoo me with no ink? <laughs> well, Sergio gave his gun to Lauren. Oh yeah. We have we have no guns anymore. We both Where'd gave her. You... I gave mine to Lauren too. We only have four. Nice. Anyway, wait. Thank you for Bye. what. <laughs> oh. sorry there's a water gun over there yeah um thank you for listening thank you for watching um if you haven't watched our bonus episode please go to youtube it's a youtube exclusive and watch that we worked very hard on it uh as we do every episode but that one specifically is really near and dear to our hearts um, yes please go search misfits and tidbits on youtube or go i mean go to our instagram uh at misfits and tidbits and the link will be in our bio there. Um, we did re work really hard on that. It was a very special episode. It's short form. It's only it's less than fifteen minutes to go. Check that out. Uh, we had a, such a fucking fun time doing 
That, every second of that every was just of pure joy for and us. And it's free joy for you. Yeah, it I mean, really is. My sister said that she cried laughing when she watched it. So if that's any type of review that's intriguing to you, please go ahead and, and yes. give that one a, a, a peek. Yes. And while you're at it, please, Send it to Bill Hader! Send it to Bill Hader and um, Andy Samberg and... Lauren Michaels, anybody at SNL. Tell them um, that I'm looking for a job. I'm not looking for a job, but send me offers anyway. Um, Ask Bill and Barry if season three is going to come up. And tell him that I'm absolutely happy to play Sally. You, there's already somebody playing. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> no. I'll be Sally's understudy. You'll be you'll be like uh, another Game of Thrones Game of Thrones reference. The guy, Dario, Dario Naharis. Dario Naharis. Anyway, um, we're just rambling. We're just, we're, we're, it's like. So rough. Also, that guy's in fucking Haunting of Hill yeah. House, which was yeah. so weird. Such a better casting, though. Like, no offense to like, the other guy. He got another job is why he wasn't. Really? Yeah, oh, he, I fucking hated him, too. Oh, my God. He was the worst character. Don't be rude. <laughs> He's a person, Junie. I hated your character. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, his character is great. I like his character. I didn't like the actor. But I mean... I mean, that's... Yeah, him as that character was horrible. Yeah. He had real big uh, Fabio vibes. You know who Fabio is? Yes, I know who Fabio is. Why are you yelling at me? I just asked you a question. <laughs> anyway, um, we're just sitting here rambling. Um, please go rate and review us on anything that you're listening to that has the ability to do that. But specifically Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. Um, leave us a, a nice little comment if it's... Oh, fuck, I had one. There was a good one on there that I wanted to read. We'll read it a next comment? week. A comment? A review. Like we have we're... a review? Yeah. That's not Sergio? <laughs> it's not Sergio. I think it was really good. Um, I think it said something nice about me, which is why I wanted to read it. But uh, either way... It was by me. Yeah, it was on my, it was on my burner account. Um, was it? Wow, Ethan really is the cutest co-host. That's what it was. Even his voice sounds cute. Yeah, I do. Literally, never, ever, 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 ever talk in that register of voice ever. No, I literally don't do it. Please don't do it. I cannot stand it. I'm not kidding. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs> I have a really hard time with anything ASMR related. I okay. really don't like it. If if we missed anything or got anything wrong or you just want to say hi, um, please email us at hello at mntpodcast.com. We check that once every year. Um, so we'll get to it eventually. Also, feel free to always just drop a DM in our Instagram um, DMs because we are we check that constantly, incessantly. We're trying to be better about just like being active on there. Um, we really want to just keep making content for this podcast in any way that we can. We would love to start making merch as soon as we have people who want to buy it. You know, um, we just really love doing this and we're really happy and grateful for all of you that are actually listening. Um, if you have any topic suggestions for us, you can feel free to leave those in a DM or email us, or you can go to our website at mntpodcast.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have a running list of topics, so, um, please feel free to just send us anything you want, anything you want to hear, any feedback you have. We are open to hearing all of it and especially feedback, like, and taking it into consideration. Um, and I think that's that's all for this week. 
think this is a really good inaugural episode for our, for our studio. studio. Yeah. I had a good time. Me too. Fucking also like nice hoodie, dude. Thanks, dude. Let's say you too. No. Just kidding. You have a great wow, hoodie. Fuck you, dude. my iPod asking you too? Yeah, nah, not you too. Did you just say my iPod? Yeah. <laughs> iPod, dude. Catch new episodes of Misfits and Tidbits every Monday. Me. <laughs> <laughs>